Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, January 16th. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever you may be on this Monday morning. It's always a blessing to be with you uh, this morning to start the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, uh, this coming Friday marks a historic day for the pro-life movement. It's the first March for Life since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. In celebration of this victory and continued efforts to protect all human life in every state, join the March for Life in spirit this Friday with hashtag Fast for Life. Take an active part in the march from your home or office by praying and fasting, uniting your prayers with the March Pilgrims for the protection of the unborn. All you have to do is join us this Friday for hashtag Fast for Life. You can sign up this morning at relevantradio.com slash fast. Now, Wednesday is also the start of the week, the octave for Christian unity, which culminates with the feast of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle next week. I want to bring in our morning air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories that are making headlines this hour here on uh, this Monday morning? Uh, it's a holiday for many today around the country, the federal holiday, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. today, a school out for most. Uh, stock market down today. Uh, many banks are closed, not the online version, though. Most of your stores will be open. And even President Biden took a few moments to uh, speak from the pulpit of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, uh, where uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. spoke, uh, and he talked yesterday. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a nonviolent warrior for justice who followed the word and the way of his Lord and his Savior. Kind of cool hearing the president say those words. It is, and it was a historic uh, visit uh, for uh, President Biden. It's the first time that a sitting president has spoken at the uh, historic Ebenezer Baptist Church. And uh, I think it's also a reminder uh, of... uh, Let's bring Americans together of all stripes, of all faiths. Uh, Remember the uh, timeless words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I so much appreciate you uh, sharing uh, part of his famous I Have a Dream speech uh, uh, in your story corner last hour. We'll be able to hear it again here at the end of this hour. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little before the top of the hour, we'll do that again. So uh, if you missed it, uh, there's another another chance for you here to help celebrate. And one of the things, too, that people are encouraged to do on this day, especially if you have the day off of work, try to uh, look for an active service you can do for uh, community members, uh, friends, neighbors, whatever it might be to serve others. Well, one of the things that uh, brings America together is uh, football. And yesterday in uh, the uh, wild card games, NFL playoffs, uh, the Bengals um, were uh, winners over the Ravens by a 24-7 to final. The Giants upset the Minnesota Vikings 31-24. to uh, The New York Giants uh, running back Saquon Barkley had two touchdown runs, including the game winner as heard on Fox. Barkley muscling forward. Barkley, what an effort, and he is in. Touchdown, New York. 
Fourth and eight. Game on the line. Cousins. Hawkinson. He is not going to get there. And the Giants will take over. And in the other contest, uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, got past uh, the Miami Dolphins 34-31 to in a close game. Josh Allen with three touchdown passes in that one uh, to lead the Bills. Uh, uh, Glenn, I know you saw a lot of football this weekend. Uh, my condolences to your Minnesota Vikings. Do I have to talk in this segment here? Can we just? <laughs> Why do we keep bringing this up? Come on, guys! I tell you, it's the uh, the annual reminder to folks in Minnesota that there is more to life than football. Sometimes we need that reminder. Other times we we know that automatically, but it, it's it's ground into us year after year after year after year after year. After year, after year. But Glenn, with oh, all due man. respect, the Vikings really did have a. They had a great season. They won many, many games and come from behind fashion that uh, nobody expected. Yeah, absolutely, no. It was a, it was a fun year, a fun year ending like they usually do, but a fun year in, indeed. Absolutely, and and now for so many, now we're down to eight teams left. So uh, the divisional round is coming up next weekend, but uh, already some of those NFL job openings are are popping up as coaches and coordinators are getting fired and some hired already. Yeah, and I think it's important to have the perspective that at the end of, of uh, the NFL season, only uh, one city, one group of fans will be happy uh, because only one can win the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Oh, but uh, hey, congrats to all the teams that won, and uh, we move on to more next week. But my goodness, uh, yeah, definitive. Bit a fair amount of football in over the weekend. Hey, one other quick item here, and I tell you, eggs eggs are so expensive nowadays, but archaeologists, they're even digging up eggs. That's how expensive they are. They found some prehistoric ostrich eggs near an ancient fire pit in Israel, said to be about 7,500 years old. So with eggs being as expensive as they are, Sarah, folks looking far and wide for eggs. Oh, man. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm desperate for eggs sometimes because my kids love to have different types. They get like, they're getting some of the old, older ones. They want to make their own eggs. So they're, you know, cracking and missing and all this stuff. I'm, <laughs> I, we're not going that far for the eggs, though. That is a big a leap to go to the archaeology dig. But by the fire pit, I'm thinking that seems that there was something. They were doing some sort of cooking. Now, I don't know if any marshmallows were involved, but I imagine that there was some good cooking going on. And I'm thinking, what other animal do you pair with? You know, so we have, you know, sausage and, and bacon and that we usually pair with the eggs. But I wonder what well, kind of prehistoric Israel, animal. Though. It was what, Israel, though. It was Israel. What animals they would they be pairing with uh, the yeah. ostrich eggs? I wonder. That seems like a delicacy <laughs> nowadays. It'd probably be more expensive than eggs, so I shouldn't complain. Oh, I think you know, I'll stick yeah. to chicken eggs. <laughs> my neighbors have chickens it's like that chicken coop is right there but he's also a deputy sheriff so i'll stay on my you side don't want to be that that line. fox yeah. that's uh, caught no. in the, that okay good <laughs> stay away from that one okay <laughs> all right guys as always thanks so much uh, sarah and uh, glenn we uh, begin every hour here on morning air in prayer always giving thanks to our lord for all the many blessings remembering that every day is a gift we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, 
pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You can always find us on Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Uh, if you want to, you can send us an email directly and share your thoughts with us, morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, this morning we're going to uh, start a new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. In today's show, we're going to focus on man in the image of God and the vocation of beatitude. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, again, 888 888- 914-9149. Joining us uh, live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, and the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the Baseball Priest and a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Thanks, John. Always good to be with you, too. Uh, good weekend of football and another game tonight. Uh, and Glenn, I was I was thinking about you yesterday or this weekend. Uh, my condolences. Um, I know you mentioned it last week that they often break your heart here in the playoffs. Yes, but uh... that you have, Father. Thank you. What <laughs> a good pastoral heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan, so we're we'll be hosting the Giants next weekend, and so that'll be a tough game. We'll see see how it goes. I'm a, a longtime uh, cradle Bears fan, um, and obviously they're they're not even in the equation here in the playoffs. But um, <laughs> we we do have a little something to look forward to with the Bears having the number one uh, pick in the draft coming up. They do. We'll see uh, see who they can draft. And I tell you, I saw Josh Fields play in in person when the Eagles were in town a few weeks ago, and boy, he's impressive. I think I think the Bears have some, uh, you know. Some good things coming in the future with him as their quarterback. Well, remember the words of uh, Jack Brickhouse, of uh, uh, Father Burke. Uh, any team can have a bad century, so we we, we got to <laughs> keep things in perspective. There's always next year. We always go back to 1985 with the Bears, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. the Super Bowl okay. shuffle. All right, yeah. Father Burke, it's an exciting day here this morning. We're starting a, a new series. Uh, can you give us a, a, just a brief overview on what we hope to cover in this series on morality, virtue, and freedom? Yeah, so we're looking at uh, part three of the catechism over this series. Uh, as you mentioned, morality, virtue, and freedom. We thought this would be a really good topic uh, at this time when it seems like everything is being turned upside down in our culture to look at what the, te- what the church teaches around morality, virtue, and freedom, to give us a foundation of, of why we, we teach what we do, um, you know, beginning with this being made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, you know, God created us in a certain way, and He created us for happiness with Him, and there's a way to get there. And, you know, the, the opponents that we have with the, the devil— the world and the flesh, there's, there's many opponents to us, you know, trying to reach that uh, vocation to beatitude, which means a, a call to be happy, to live with God forever. And so we want to lay the foundation here early and then talk about these virtues. How do we work against the vices that we have in our lives? 
uh, with with these virtues in order to to live a life of holiness, which eventually and actually leads to happiness, true happiness, not the happiness that this world can give, but the happiness that God can give uh, in the Beatitudes. I think it's uh, it's so relevant uh, to talk about uh, uh, all men, you know, mankind made in the image of God, especially on this uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day in which uh, uh, Dr. King uh, spoke about and dreamt about uh, being judged by uh, not the color of one's skin, by the content of their character. Exactly. You know, again, the, the evil one wants to wants to pit us against one another. To, we want, he wants us to think that we're all rivals competing for finite resources. But if we stop and think that we're all created in God's image and likeness, that we are all God's beloved children through our baptism, it changes the way we view ourselves. It changes the way we, we interact with others. And I think that's what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was, was seeking, that no matter what color our skin is, no matter what creed we have, um, no matter what language that we speak, that we are all God's children. And if we can try to put those glasses on to see others in, in that way, it would, change, it would change the world. And God's love is infinite. So we're not competing against one another for God's love as you know we might do in our own families sometimes. We, sometimes we might buy for mom or dad's love. God's love is infinite, and all that he has is ours. And so we don't need to fight against one another for this. It's there for the taking if we allow ourselves to, you know, grow in that relationship with God that he offers us so freely. Father Burke, can you talk about uh, some of the faculties uh, that we have since we are created in God's image and likeness? Yeah, this this is really important. Uh, I find myself using this often in the confessional that because we're created in God's image and likeness, we all, as human beings, and this differs us from, you know, animals, is that we have the faculties of, of reason or intellect and will. So our reason, or our intellect, allows us to, um, you know, contemplate God's creation. It allows us to understand. It allows us to, to know what is good, true, and beautiful. And then our will is that strength that allows us to, to choose the good. So, for example... Um, if, if I inform my conscience, if I inform my intellect with, um, you know, reading good things, listening to relevant radio, reading good books, I, I know what is good. I know what is true. I know what is beautiful. And then I need God's grace to strengthen my will in order to choose the good. The problem is that, that through the fall, through the original sin, you know, our, our intellect is darkened and our will is weakened. And, you, I, and that's why I use this in the confessional so often is, you know, the devil, the world or our flesh will offer us something to say, this is good. You know, let's say, uh, you know, a common sin today, very common is pornography. So uh, the devil's going to offer this is this is really what you need. This is what's going to lead to your happiness. This is what is good. And if our intellect is darkened uh, uh, through through sin, the original sin and, and our own sin, and our and our will is weak, we're going to think that's good, and we're going to choose that as our good. But if we, you know, live in God's grace, if we're frequenting the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist, 
Uh, God's grace enlightens our, our intellect and strengthens our will to say, no, that's not what's ultimately good for me. What, what I'm ultimately seeking, and that's you know the, the topic of this first session, is our vocation to be attitude. Our vocation, our call ultimately is to live in union with God, is to live in his grace. And when we're living in his grace, we start to realize that's what I'm looking for. Ultimately, I'm looking for union with God. I don't need these false substitutes. What I need is God. What I need is prayer. What I need are the sacraments. What I need to do is to live a life of virtue and love. And as my intellect is enlightened and my will is strengthened, I start to build this life of virtue rather than this life of vice. And the more I choose the good, true and beautiful, the more I develop. It's almost like our spiritual muscles. Uh, we're talking about football here. We're, our spiritual muscles develop living. Virtue builds on virtue. Vice builds on vice. And so that's what we're going to try to do in this in this first session is to, you know, to look at this, our reason and will, and to think about in your own life, where have I chosen things that aren't good for me? It might be because my intellect might be darkened a little bit and and my will is weak. And Father Bar- uh, Burke, it's it's important uh, to to understand uh, that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and that includes from the very beginning, in the womb. Uh, that's why all life is sacred, which uh, is a, a perfect uh, connection to uh, what we're going to uh, be uh, remembering uh, this coming uh, Friday with the March for Life in Washington D.C. Yeah, as we celebrate life, uh, Jeremiah one five is a great place to start. Uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that, that before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. I know in our B-Formed group this past week, as we were reflecting on this, someone said, wow, that really stopped me in my tracks, that that God knew me before he formed me in my, in my mother's womb. And he goes on to say in Jeremiah, before you were born, I dedicated you a prophet to the nations I appointed you. Now you can say, well, gosh, I'm, I'm not a prophet to the nations, but each one of us is, is known by God, we're loved by God, and we're called by God to, to share his good news in the world in whatever way that we are called. So, as you said, this is showing that every life is sacred, uh, it's blessed, and our desire is to be known and loved by God, and, and he tells us, that's already been done even before you were formed in your mother's womb. Father Burke, uh, I believe it was St. Thomas Aquinas who, who said uh, that the essence of the spiritual life is friendship with God. Uh, the, the Lord gives us plenty of opportunities to choose Him, to have that intimate, personal relationship with Him. He does, uh, and that is so true. Uh, I know when I've chosen things that are not God— uh, you know, I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, sin always leads to misery. <laughs> you know, and sometimes we, we, uh, you know, we think that this is what I need. And every time, whether there's a few minutes of pleasure, it always leads to misery and virtue leads to joy. And so um, I, I'm a big advocate for Crucio and the Catholic Church. And because they say the three pillars of the, of the spiritual life are prayer, study, and action. And so, you know, prayer um, you know, developing this personal relationship with God through prayer, uh, we, we develop our, our hearts, if you will. We, we fall in love with God. 
uh, and that that strengthens our 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 will. Study, you know, coming to know not just to know um, know God in the way of loving Him, but know knowing about God, learning His, you know, these the the study of the Catechism. It strengthens our intellect. It enlightens our intellect. And that allows us then to put our faith into action. Again, choosing the good. So it, this is really important. Am I, develop, am I developing my prayer life? Do I study and read, you know, good things? So I'm, I'm, I'm really informing my intellect and strengthening my will so that then I can go out and do the things that God calls me to do, which then leads me to holiness and happiness. Father Burke, in the final moments here, uh, can you uh, talk about uh, baptism and, and ways in which baptism uh, radically uh, changing changes us as children of God? Yeah, it goes back to that that relationship with God as as children. So, in baptism, we we receive what's called the sanctifying grace that you know makes us you know prior to our baptism, we are beautiful creations of God. But in our baptism, we become his children, which means we become heirs to the kingdom, which is what is what's uh, the inheritance of Jesus? It's it's heaven. It's eternal life. And we as his adopted brothers and sisters, you know, our baptism opens the door to paradise and it begins this relationship in the family of God. You know, and then in, in the Gospels, Jesus says, you know, Who's my mother, my brother, my sister? It's he or she who listens to the Word of God and puts it into practice. So we're called in our baptism to be his children and then to develop these faculties, develop our our intellect and our will so that then we can listen to the Word of God and then put it into practice. And he knows what's best for us. Just like parents out there, with your experience in life, you know what's best for your children, and and it saddens you when they don't choose the the good, the true, and the beautiful, how much more does God, you know, is he saddened when we choose false substitutes for God? So he created us in his image and likeness, and he says, if you follow this path, if you follow my path, uh, doing what is good, true, and beautiful, that's when you're going to find true happiness in this life. And there's uh, so much more uh, to learn in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, recently, we were talking about uh, Pope Benedict XVI's uh, participation in this beautiful uh, teaching, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, he was a big part of the writing of the Catechism. And so here we are uh, studying uh, Part 3 of the Catechism, Life in Christ, as we uh, continue. We'll have much more uh, the next time around. Father Burke, as always, uh, thank you uh, for your uh, spiritual perspective and your teachings. You're welcome, Jack. God bless you and uh, and all your listeners. Many blessings to you. Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest, longtime morning air contributor. We need to take a short break when we come back. Career coach Bruce Lockenauer will be with us uh, with an update on the job market and uh, a New Year's present for you and your family. So stay with us on this Monday edition of Morning Air. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. 
Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. As Catholic Christians, we need to always be prepared to give a reasoned explanation for what we believe and why we believe it. There will no doubt be situations when someone asks you, why do you believe that Mary is the mother of God or that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ? We need to be ready to answer with charity and clarity, with gentleness and respect from whoever challenges us about our Catholic faith. Know your faith, know what scripture, tradition, and the catechism teaches, but always do it with respect. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that prayer from the chapel of divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Now, once again, it's time to continue our series on how to land your dream job with career coach Bruce Lachenauer, who is joining us live this morning. He'll also take your calls, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Today, we're going to talk about the latest on the job market here in 2023 and how to give yourself and your family a New Year's gift on the job front. Bruce Lockenauer has a bachelor's degree in economics from Northwestern University and MBA from Harvard. He has spent the last 25 plus years working with public and private company board of directors, CEOs, and top executives on their career and talent needs. You can always send your questions for Bruce to bruce at relevantradio.com. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again, still here early in the new year. Good morning. Happy to be here. Always a thrill. Absolutely. Um, Bruce, uh, this morning we're going to continue to talk about how to give yourself and your family uh, a New Year's gift uh, on the job front. But, but first, love to get an update from you. What is happening with the job market? What's the latest? John, based on what you've seen in the press, you'd think the job market is in a horrible state. You read about these layoffs. Uh, just uh, over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal polled its cadre of economists and they said there's a 61% chance of recession. Uh, and I think the recession already happened. We had two quarters of contraction in Q1, Q2 last year, and then Q3 came back uh, pretty strong. I'm, I'm hopeful that we're gonna just come right on strong out of that. Could be a double dip, you don't know. But, so that's, that's what the press is saying, that's what the, the, the economic numbers are. The job market, I'll quote one economist, is uh, the reports that came out are unambiguously solid. I would go stronger than that. I would say we are still in a pretty darn hot job market. So for somebody who needs to find a new job, and or give themselves that present, it's, uh, it's a great time, John. I mean, at the end of 2022, hiring climbed, according to the Labor Department and LinkedIn. The sh and the, interestingly, so, so that's good. The share of workers who voluntarily left their jobs rose, went up. So you gotta have, I mean, you just leave a job without having another job, you gotta be confident what's out there. The, uh, and you know, this, this point about layoffs, John, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. The pandemic darlings, the, the um, metas of the world, the um, Amazons of the world, they have the, the, a disproportionate proportion of those layoffs. So, uh, and the folks that did get layoff from those companies, man, they're getting snapped up uh, in no time. You know, just two more quick points. One, U.S. payroll jumped 
almost a quarter of a million people, 223,000 people December joined the U.S. payrolls. It's, it's the ninth straight month where it beat economics, uh, economists' assumptions about what was going to happen. And then finally, we're still in that same place we've been, John, that you and I have been talking about for more than a year, where the number of postings, it's 10.5 million down, slightly below the 11.9 million peak uh, a, little over, a little under a year ago, outstrips the 6 million unemployed Americans seeking work. So put another way, there are still almost two jobs out there for every job seeker. I guess uh, that sounds like uh, pretty good news. There's still a, a, a strong demand for workers. In fact, I, I was reading just uh, this morning uh, on CNBC, uh, they're reporting uh, a, a poll done by uh, Monster.com that's saying that 96% of workers are looking for a new job here in 2023. Wow. 96%. Wow. wow. That's startling. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so that's a good segue to kind of where I'm thinking, where my thinking is and where, where, what my advice is to our listeners and, and their family and friends is um, the market's hot. But I'm going to quote another economist. We may not be out of the woods yet. Uh, uh, we, have, we still have many reasons to suspect um, some of these. Uh, but, you know, we may not be out of the woods yet, but there are a lot of reasons to suspect that the worst economic predictions for 2023 may not materialize. I don't think they're going to, John. Still, regardless of that, those people looking, this is the time to look. I always say that, John, you know, carpe diem, because we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's coming down the road. And there could be another economic shock, like the whole oil situation, inflation, et cetera. But right now, that market is so darn good. Um, and there, there are a couple other things I wanted to, to point to that I think make it a, a really good time. Or, or one makes it a good time, the other one's just good to keep in mind. One is... Salary transparency. We've, we've talked about that. What that is, what that means is there are laws that have come out uh, and they went in effect in three more states, Rhode Island, California, and Washington, uh, at the beginning of this year. A any company that posts a job in any of those states or somebody's eligible to apply from any of those states, they have to also list the salary expectations or the salary ranges for those roles. So there's a lot more money, on, or excuse me, a lot more information on what kind of compensation is out there for the, the, the roles that you might be considering. And in fact, I think it's like 25% of all workers will be covered by those laws in this country by the end of the year. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, though, as you're looking is, and I'm seeing this, I've got a client, is about the whole hybrid model, whether you should be going back to work or staying at home. Companies really want their employees back to work. It makes a big impact on creativity, you know, the, the, the cross-fertilization of ideas when you've got different people together and just the, that coffee conversation that's had. And also mentoring, John. You know, the young people who come in, think, think about when you came in and started at a company that uh, you learn. You know, there's an apprentice model in just in most, most uh, fields where the new people out of college are not having that benefit of, of learning by going, taking a senior person out to lunch and asking them questions. Now, that can, be, that can be addressed. But so companies want people back. Meanwhile, the workforce is saying, you know, I've recaptured some of my life. You know, I'm having dinner with my family, whatever the aspect is, by working from home. And those that manage it well have found, you know, that, that, that they are more efficient and have more time to spread around because they're not in the car. We like them in the car, though, John, right? Because they're listening to relevant radio. Um, but We like traffic jams in big cities. <laughs> yes. So just to point to this, the, uh, 
The number of jobs that are listed as uh, inviting remote applications is now less than 14%. It, it, it came up, I think, close to 20 now. It's easing off a little bit. But the people that apply, of the people that apply to jobs, as much as 50% of all the applicants are seeking remote work. So there's this little bit of this imbalance. And I've got a client, John, a, a major multinational technology company, where they said, we really want everybody back in all the time. The recruiting staff said, "We gotta, we gotta get people here, and if we say that, you know, we're not gonna be able to get the people that, you know, the best people in the industry to come here." So their compromise was they're gonna have a hard Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday schedule. So it's hybrid, but it's not a flexible hybrid. You, you, you can work from home if you wish. You can come in on Monday and Friday, but you gotta be here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And my my sense on this. So I'm just asking our, you know, our listeners to think about that. If you are thinking about making that, that move to the dream job, uh, and or your current situation. Recognize there is a pull by the companies to have the employees come back, but the workforce at large is saying, hmm, you know, we really kind of like this working from, from home model. And my, my prediction, John, again, I don't own a crystal ball, but I really sense that as we come through whatever is in store for us in 23 and maybe 24, uh, we're going to be square in this labor shortage market and the employees are going to get to dictate what, what, that work, what that hybrid model looks like. Okay, I'm dying to know what the New Year's present is, but first we got to take a, a short break. I actually want to in, invite our listeners. Uh, uh, we uh, have uh, some open lines. If you have any thoughts or questions about uh, giving yourself and your family a New Year's gift on the job front, we're taking your calls on landing that dream job for career coach Bruce Lockenauer, 888 914 914 That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short time out as we continue our discussion with Bruce. Stay with us. There's more to come here on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks uh, for tuning in this morning as uh, we continue our conversation uh, with our career coach, Bruce Lockenauer. We've been getting an update on uh, the latest with the job market, and now we're going to talk about uh, a New Year's present uh, for you and your family. All right, Bruce, tell us what is the present. You bet, John. Uh, and that discussion we had already, the the hot job market's going to help make this possible. And the premise is, if you've been in that same job for more than three years, the overwhelming odds are that you're being paid well below the market. And the present you can give yourself and your family is to invest a little time to get your compensation to the market level. So it's, it's time to advocate for a raise. Um, and and when, when should you do that? You know, the, the, reason, you know, the reason is... As we've seen, we've been in the hottest job market, you know, ever that I've seen in 25 plus years with the great resignation, the great quit, the great reshuffling, whatever you want to call it, a lot of people moving around. And to entice those people to move, they were offered salary increases, sometimes as much as 30% was not uncommon. Uh, so you've got uh, this hot job market, people have moved, and if you've been in the same role, for a period of time, you might have been getting maybe a 5% annual raise. 
And if you look at just run the numbers, you're going to be falling behind those that have made a move. Now, I'm not suggesting making a move, John. I want to be very clear about this. But the present that you can give yourself is to advocate for yourself and for your family. Uh, and I, I want to take people through step by step how to do that, John, because and, and I encourage them to pray about this. It's about justice. And I know it's not e an easy conversation. Um, there's, there's data that shows, too, that, that, that women are less inclined to do this. Some men, especially sales reps or others, will come in and just bang the table and say, you know, hey, I heard that, you know, from my recruiter friend that this job's not going for, uh, you know, 30% more than I'm getting. What's the deal? No. <laughs> uh, and I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is that we go through these steps. The first one is to pray about it. Just think, you know, um, can I, should I? Uh, do this, which is to advocate for yourself with, with your employer to get your compensation at the market level. And I think the overwhelming answer, unless maybe there are other reasons. And John, it could be, you know, you're working at a, a, a non-for-profit where it's mission focused, there's limited resources, and you love the mission, so be it. You know, Godspeed, that's great. And I, I think that's fantastic. But in the in the commercial world, I think it's time, John, it's time, it's time for our listeners to step up and uh, take these steps and uh, get to market, get their compensation to market. Good, goodness gracious, with all the inflation and costs, the increase in credit uh, that's being used on credit cards by uh, the, the population here in this country, it's time. Having a job is a blessing. Some people are just so appreciative that they even have a job uh, uh, during these uh, challenging economic times uh, in, in recent years that, that they're a little shy about maybe bringing up uh, that reality uh, that they probably need a raise. Why, why do you suppose it is that if people have been on the job for a while, they're likely to be underpaid? Yeah, so, you know, working at the same role for a period of time is not bad it's great if you love it you love your coworkers. you fit culturally you're being challenged you're being well compensated and that's the question that we've got at hand i think it's good uh you know, i'm not advocating job change again as we talked about but what i am advocating because since there has been so many people making those job changes john that if you look at salary data and the beauty is today that data is out there like it never has been before uh, if you look at that data and find there's a discrepancy with where you are, it's time to act. And I know people uh, sometimes are uncomfortable in a negotiation situation. What I, and, and what I'd like to, to suggest is a way to do that that's not confrontational, that's problem-solving oriented. Um, so, and then, you know, John, we, we, we talked about the fact that, and, and by the way, before we get there, if you don't advocate for yourself, who will? You know, it is, it is un unfortunately unlikely, and, and, and not unfortunate, but it, it's unlikely that your boss is going to come and say, hey, John, or hey, Bruce, you know, we just figured out that uh, with this big increase in, in compensation, you're undercompensated, and we want to bring you up to market level. Here, here, here's your salary increase. Could happen, and I'm sure it ha does happen. But when I spoke with a board director about this topic, uh, this guy's on uh, two or three public company boards and a few private company boards. He said, Bruce, I guarantee there are CEOs who would pay to have you not talk about this topic because um, there, there is a discrepancy out there and it's, it, it happens. So our listeners um, I really need to, to pray for the confidence and strength. And if you approach it the right way, it's a problem-solving session, it's not going to be stressful. In fact, it's going to put the onus 
on your manager's shoulders, not yours, to help you get to where you need to be. And that, you know, so that we talked earlier, John, about the pay transparency laws. I mean, companies are very aware now that compensation is becoming public information. And it's not only the, the, the postings now that have to list the compensation that they're paying. And some companies are finding ways to get around that and just not posting or posting these uh, uh, huge ranges. But the data is out there. It's out there big time. You can find it. In, there are internal sharing networks. I know I've got a, a couple of folks that work for one of the big tech companies, and they say that you know it's hard to know when you're moving from one position in one division to another position in another division what you should expect. People are publishing that data. Also, recruiters have got that data. So people that recruit in the, the job that you're in today or looking to, to get can tell you what they're seeing in, in terms of compensation. There are, so you know, the Indeed has got data. There, there's so much data that's out there for the looking. Alumni, too. You know, the other thing I've, I've talked about in the past, John, is if you think about it, if you go onto LinkedIn, you know, it's, it's a directory of the world of working people. You can find people who used to work in that role. Um, or, and ask them and or people used to work at your company that are now at that company that can help you understand what um, what that compensation looks like. So, John, uh, those folks who've been in a role, that's great. Again, I'm not advocating a change, although it sounds like based on that data you saw, the world is looking for a change. And that's unfortunate. I think part of that may be the remote working that we're in. But what I'm advocating is that our listeners take a step back and think about it and at least bare minimum get that data. Bruce, uh, f final minute or so, um, once you have that data, any, any suggestions on how to properly approach your boss? Yeah, yes, I do have those suggestions. So this is the season for job appraisals reviews, typically companies that have a physical calendar that matches up with the, our, our annual uh, calendar with the year-end December 31. Oftentimes, you'll have a meeting with your boss scheduled uh, to, to go over your performance, talk about goals for the new year, uh, et cetera. Maybe if, if there are bonuses associated with it, um, that, you know, either that meeting or in preparation for that meeting, or if you don't have that meeting, um, you can schedule a meeting with your boss and say, look, as we, go into the, as we go into the new year, I'd like to sit down and talk to you about, you know, what my plans are for, for the new year. And uh, at that time, you know, get, so, so sit down with your boss. If you've got a scheduled meeting, great. If you don't, get one scheduled. But John, as we've talked about all along, just like in sports, the key thing before you sit down with your boss is to have done your homework. Absolutely. To prepare well, to understand what that compensation is. We talked about all the sources uh, and, and have it listed out. And then the key thing, John, and this is not just a one minute topic, is how you go about presenting the situation. Uh, so I'm gonna tease our listeners to tune in next time to, uh, to get more on how to sit down with that boss. But the, the bottom line on that, John, though, is make it a problem-solving conversation. I've got this situation, maybe you've got tuition coming down the road, you're under saving for tuition because of inflation, whatever, and say, I need your help. How can we get me, here's the day that I heard from a recruiter who called me, whatever, and help him or her help you. Bruce, we're going to have to leave it right there. I so much appreciate uh, your perspective. Uh, thanks again for being with us. My pleasure, John. Always a pleasure. Thank you.
Bruce Lockon, our, our career coach and morning air contributor. And now it's time for a special uh, Martin Luther King edition of Glen Story Corner. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. 
From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom reign. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Let freedom ring. Thanks again for a beautiful story corner, uh, Glenn. That'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverance, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, and our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Tuesday on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead. <laughs>